Hello, hello. Hello. Hi there. You're tuned into Pedro Padro. You're tuned into Padro Pascal, a bi-weekly celebration of the actor Pedro Pascal, where we explore his filmography and how some of his greatest performances came to be. That's Katrina Dennis. And over there is <laughs> Hello. Hello. And this week we are joined by my friend and superstar of Superstore, Lauren Ash, to talk about the Mandalorian season two finale. Yes. The rescue. Yes. Uh, so Lauren, you picked this. I did. And I have, again, I, I for people watching, I have <laughs> my my very large uh, Mando Funko with Grogu oh, there, as yeah, well is as- Is that a, not surprisingly large when you like you buy it and you're like, oh, I thought it was gonna be small. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of unwieldy large. Um, <laughs> this, this is kind of displayed in my living room, truthfully, because there's nowhere else for it, uh, mm. which is, which is great. Um, but yeah, so I've got, I've got them here with me and I've also got my Mandalorian uh, t-shirt on here. Uh, and I'm just, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of Thanks course. for being uh, on. Oh, so yeah. to start, we like to ask how you are, what's up with you. Tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm great. I Superstore just ended recently, which was very sad, uh, but also, you know, exciting to be a part of something for six years. Um, I have a podcast called True Crime and Cocktails that I do with my cousin by blood, sister by life, Christy Oxborough, and that has been really a joy. We've been doing it for about seven months now, and uh, we're we're just having the best time, and people have been very supportive, which is amazing, and so that's kind of the focus of my days right now is doing things like, oh, how hard could it be to open your own e-commerce uh, e merch store? And the answer is very hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So it was about like day five of that process for me. And then I just started like laughing to myself because I realized I've gotten myself in way too deep. I've accidentally created a small business that was not my intention. I just wanted like a merch page. But guess what? It's not out yet. But when it does roll out, it's going to be very flashy because I have lost my damn mind. I feel like I'm committed to it at this point. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm in too deep. I can't start over. I can't like I, I've taken too many steps. This is what so, I fear for for our podcast because yeah. Rachel and I keep tossing around the idea of a merch store, and I'm like, we're gonna we're gonna fall down the rabbit hole. Yeah, so well, feel free to send us thing, your notes. Of course, yeah. this entire yeah. thing started as a dumbass tweet where I was like, "What if I started a, a Pedro Pascal uh, podcast?" And then now I'm like, "Oh no, I'm committed to this man's entire filmography." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time to watch finally fucking finish Graceland. But like, <laughs> like I went from, this is fun to, oh no, this is a commitment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I obviously like your podcast because I am a Scorpio, so I love a true crime. Of course. But yeah, I mean, because I see you on uh, social media all the time and you're promoting it and doing little bits and it's so good because you're Thank so you. funny anyway. And then you pair it with the with blood and crime it's great yeah and you know i it's interesting because you'd think on paper that it's not something that you can that's that's fun or funny it's not yeah. but i i think that for us we get so uncomfortable mm -hmm. <laughs> talking about uh the crimes the murders the deaths um that usually it helps us if we've had a couple drinks and i think that at kind of balancing <laughs> the tone 
Uh, so that it does, we still are kind of, you know, riffing with each other off the top and having fun. Then when we get into the details, it's not that we're ever talking about it in a light way, but it's just the tone at least is not all kind of doom and gloom um, right. that I find. Cause I go down true crime rabbit holes and then I'm like, I need a palate cleanser, you know, like I got to take a break. Uh, cause yeah. it can be, it can be heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As someone who's my comfort movie is Zodiac. I understand. <laughs> That is my one of my <laughs> first sure. favorite movies of all time. Yeah. But also, I'm like, I love to be the kind of person that's like, LOL, I would have been Ted Bundy's type uh, and like laugh because I'm like, I would be dead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I get that. It's the, it's the easy way of digesting because, especially with true crime, it's mo- 90% of the time against women. So we're like, LOL, mm. this is how we uh, understand and comprehend it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. So Katrina, quickly, how are you doing? Anything yeah. special happening to you? Uh, you know, just a whole bunch of work this week. You know, uh, I'm setting up uh, the new place, which is coming along really nice. And um, I did something very cool on Friday that I'm not allowed to talk about right now, but we will definitely see the results of next week. I think maybe, and I will I will tell everyone as soon as that happens. But it was very cool. And I'm glad I got to do it. So, I like a secret tease. I like it. I like it. I had to sign an NDA. It was awesome. (laughs) Like I really can't talk about it. The lawyers will swoop in. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Got to wait for the check to come in from it. So. Yeah. (laughs) And then let that let that clear before anything else. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, so I, in my lovely true fashion in my world life, uh, worked very hard to surprise my brother for his 40th birthday, was so happy, like I got, it was strategic, I, uh, got vaccinated and did not tell him, uh, was like trying to keep it so secret, so he did not know that I was vaccinated or could come and see him, and I was like, he's not gonna know, the Tuesday before I left, (laughs) My father just blurted it out and pretended he didn't. Oh, and was no. like, and how how I learned was like, I like thought we got away with it. And my sister-in-law refused to tell me that he knew. Like, did not want to like hurt my feelings, I guess. Even though my brother called me that Tuesday after he found out and was like so happy and just talking to me. And I was like, why are you talking to me? Like, what what is going on? Like, I don't know if you both, if either of you have older siblings, but like when my older sibling calls me and wants to talk to me i'm like what's your end game here why are you calling me like i love you but also is this just what, what is this yeah. um normally he's like what do you know about my favorite franchises and i'm like why are you asking me this on the phone like just read my pieces dude uh but <laughs> He, like, was so happy to talk to me, and he was like, let's talk about the Mandalorian, let's talk about this, let's, let's talk about, and I was like, all right, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Come to find out that he knew I was coming, and so he was like, I called you on Tuesday so you would see how genuinely excited I was that you were coming home for my birthday, so the surprise wasn't ruined, <laughs> and I was like, that's really sweet, I'm still mad at dad, because my dad just, like, blurted it out, only for my mother to also double down and accidentally pretend, like, she goes, oh, no. she went, I'm getting fancy bread to make your sister French toast for when she eventually comes home. <laughs> like, oh, mom. 
I'd only last for so long, mom. Come on. Yeah, and it was a hot mess, but I was really excited because I got to go home. I saw him. I saw my niece who <laughs> we finally took a picture together, oh. not like worried about like, I, I took a picture with her before, but I was also worried to hold her too much because of COVID and stuff. Even though I like drove down and was safe when I was down there, I still was like very anxious. But this time I was like, I'm vaccinated. I can hold her. It's great. And in the picture, I'm in a shirt that looks like a 90s Pedro Pascal shirt. And they're like two <laughs> pictures of him. And this is his name across the top. So I'm like, great. The first like real picture of me and my niece is me in a shirt. This is Pedro Pascal. And I'm like, that's, I, I feel like yeah. that's going to be the equivalent to like pictures from like our generation of us with like our aunts and their Mickey Mouse and Disneyland shirts mm -hmm. that yeah. were like super oversized from the 90s and 80s. Yeah, except those are like legitimate, like, like I bought this shirt in Disney. And I was like, I ordered this shirt online because I thought it was funny. <laughs> and this poor child who I've made watch Narcos, she's eight months old and I was babysitting her and I'm like, I am watching this episode of Narcos. You're an infant. You don't know what's going on. It's fine. I think it was like the episode where like the like Castillo died, and like, I'm like watching a baby. Like this is fine. Don't worry about it. He's gonna shot in the head. It's fine. Don't just chill. Um, but yeah. Uh, and so that that's what's going on with me. I got on a plane and somehow didn't combust as a human. Yeah, um, that's huge. Yeah, that's right? a whole trip in between episodes. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm now that I'm vaccinated, I'm feeling way more confident about existing as a human again versus before where I was like, no human come near me. Yeah. Go yeah. over there. Oh, I've, yeah. I've I, been the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've put myself through it so far because I've like, I've allowed myself around like one crowd because of uh what was that cast member day at disneyland like right before mm -hmm. it opened there were like six thousand people across the two parks and i was like okay i'll go but i'm, I'm not gonna pee at all all day <laughs> you're like i'm just gonna hold it i like that that's your line that it's not like it's like don't stand near people don't touch anything it's like no i'm not gonna go to the bathroom i'm just not ready for public bathrooms yet i get it I get it. Like I'm, I'm vaccinated, but I'm just not there yet. And like that's why it's like it's hard to go to Universal because like what Moaning Myrtle like talks to you in one of those bathrooms, and it's just like oh, I'm not ready for this yet. <laughs> like, I, I can't. I psych Myrtle, myself up chill. each new step, you know, public bathrooms, movie theaters. I'm getting it. I'm getting to it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to the movie theaters for In the Heights, and like we yeah. have our tickets. We were supposed to. go been a whole thing we got our friends into the fast and the furious franchise and so we were trying to do like the past five days and it didn't work out and then now our friends are really into actually watching them because we got to fast five and we were like great this is when the franchise goes from being like we're trying to be normal movies to like we're driving cars through buildings it's fine don't worry about it yeah. like and so now they're like invested and we're like great yes be invested in these insane movies that don't make any sense. <laughs> um and so but that was going to be my entrance back into the movie theaters, but now it's either going to be Cruella or In the Heights. I'm like, I would rather be In the Heights, a musical I love, but also like I want to see Cruella Deville hate some dogs. So like, who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the world's crazy. All yeah. I've had is Pedro Pascal's career to keep me sane. I don't know that it kept me sane. I think it just made me that shit in a different direction but like <laughs> but you're channeling it you know what i mean and yeah. that's that's what's important you're focusing it you're you're channeling it into a very steady laser 
Yeah, you know, some people have all that energy and they do murders. So exactly. Mine very is, I'm gonna watch this filmography and pray <laughs> that I come out of it. Okay, on the other um, but yeah, so news, the only real news is that Pedro Pascal's in Chile, uh filming a wine commercial. So like both yeah. mine and Katrina's interests, which is mm -hmm. Chile for her and wine for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, which, oh, okay, which, great. I didn't know that about you, but now I'm I'm glad that we're both. I'm Chilean. <laughs> I live in California. <laughs> you said that. You said I'm Chilean as if that is a prerequisite that I just didn't know about. <laughs> okay, first off, you should know about that as an Italian person because we have a lot of Italians yeah, in Chile. This is like as an Italian. We love our wine. Every, I have like five relatives who make their own. And I'm like, why? Yeah. You, can go to a you can go to the store. It's like $9. They're like, yeah, it's a, it's a beachside nation by the mountains. Like, of course, there's wine stocked in between it. That's that's how the makeup of Chile is geographically. He's there. He's filming something. Uh, that's all I know. A lot. Of, I will admit my own fault. A lot of it, of the videos that are coming out are in Spanish. And I'm like, I took French like a dumb fuck. So, like, I can't help. I don't know what they say. My one friend translated one for me. I was like, keep doing it. Keep it coming. Just translate whatever is said and just, like, let me know the basics. I love that you're uh, you're desperate for translation. You literally have a Chilean co-host. <laughs> what? So you can just, just send them to you now. Be like, hey, Who also yeah, has a, a shared relevant interest in this point. You know, it feels like this could be also up a rally, but, you know. Well, I never want to be like being that person that's like so like Lauren talking to you about this podcast. I was like, hey, if you're interested, we have like I don't like being that aggressive person that wants to like message people a million times. So I'm always <laughs> just like, if you're interested, let me know. And then everyone responds like 20 messages back at me, and I'm like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> so like, I <laughs> like a lot of function as a person. So I'm always like, I don't want to annoy Katrina being like what does this mean so like if someone just offers me the thing i'm like great thanks you did, yeah. you did the work that i didn't need to go and then ask my friends <laughs> then i'm like i'm gonna feel guilty that i asked you to do work and translate something for me and send it back to me listen <laughs> my thinking because i'm insane I'm Canadian and that is exceptional Canadian behavior, which mm -hmm. is I I will inconvenience myself before I inconvenience, before someone, I inconvenience else. someone else. I will I will do something to at a detriment to me because I don't <laughs> want to be intrusive. So listen, if you want, I could see about getting you just like a you know an honorary Canadian like shirt or something. Like I think you're welcome. <laughs> Well, it's you're like welcome. In the mix of like, I think that's a Canadian thing, but also like the baby of the family thing, where you're like, mm. I'm, I'm trying to not be the problem, right? And so, like, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna do my own thing, and then it never works out because everyone thinks they know better, and you're like, let me do my thing. I'm trying to be inconven not inconveniencing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is the news. That is what Pedro Pascal is doing. He is in Chile. Oh, there's also there was some picture of him. And this made me giggle. He's in Crocs. <laughs> it's choice. Um, you know. He's in like four different patterns in this picture. He has on like plaid pants and a sweater with like a fucking mountain on it. I don't know his life. And then like Crocs. <laughs> and it straight up looks like this man rolled out of bed and was like, I'll take a picture. I just like, took a picture with these people. And I was like, you know what? I respect it. My quarantine look has been compression shorts and whatever shirt. 
I mean, I he, in, so I'm like, I get it. He showed up to the BAFTAs, and I say this fully out of respect because it's exactly how I would show up to the BAFTAs. But like, you remember no, what his hair looked his like? Hair. Like, yeah, I was just like, it, it took. I just like out of because I felt it would be rude to tweet. I had like one tweet set up where it was like me, Pedro Pascal, handshake emoji, going, "This is good enough for hair." <laughs> As someone who I can never remember if I brushed my hair, I'm like, did I do that today? I respected it. I was like, yeah, my hair is just long and straight, so I can get away with it a lot more than like curls, which are like, they just do what my, they want. I'm trying. For our listeners, this is my the way I'm describing curls is just putting my hand above my head. She's soft. She's um, she's miming soft serve is what yeah. she's doing above her head. It's as yeah. though she's putting soft serve on a cone. Yeah, specifically the the, the chocolate and vanilla soft serve. Yeah, it's like, the swirl. Like, yeah, oh, the swirl. My mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that's all he's doing. If he's doing something else, great. I'm so happy for you. I don't know your life. I'm sure he's doing other things, but like I also have a life. I can't follow you. Uh, <laughs> I have a life. I can't follow you. I've got to make this podcast about you instead. Yeah. How dare you a podcast about you, but I also don't know what you're doing. So like live your life. Um I know the news and news that he's in a wine commercial. I'm sure fans know more than I do. That's how that's my my the moral of my life. I'm sure more people know more than me, but like what I know is this. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what we should call our news section instead. What I know is this is a great title for the news section. Because then it's like, you may know more. You may know less. But this is what I know. (laughs) I'm aware of. Um, News section rename. Okay, cool. We're good. (laughs) We'll send that straight to Ashley. Straight to our producer. Be like, hey, this is the news segment because I'm an idiot. Um, But that all leads us into talking about the episode of the Mandalorian entitled The Rescue. Yeah, so before, before we do a section where I explain what happens, but before we even get there, I yeah, want to know why you picked The Rescue specifically. Here's what it is, okay? I was late to The Mandalorian, okay? I'm going to take you on a little journey for a second, and that's old Ash's relationship with this show. And just keep in mind that now I have a, you know, 12-inch high uh, <laughs> statue beside myself. So... For the listeners, those things, truly, I thought it was a normal Funko when I bought the thing and opened it. It is half the size of my television. Like, I put it beside my TV. It was like, uh, oops. If you put it beside your own face, it's it's basically (laughs) half of the size of my own face is his head. I mean, it's very large. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I was late to the game. No real reason, just late. You know, there's so much out there. And, you know, you know how it is. It's like, how do you consume things? Anyway, I I watched too much 90 Day Fiance is the truth. Anyway, so (laughs) take a break, Ash. Put on something else. And then the first couple episodes of the first season, I was like, uh, okay. And then I, I don't know what flipped. I don't know what it was. And I was like, I have to start over. And I realized it wasn't the Mandalorian. It was me. I just wasn't in the right place or mindset or I don't know what. Point being, I was like, no, no, no. I'm not starting up. No, I'm going back to the beginning and I'm going to give this what it's due. And let me tell you, as at, at that point, I was like, I'm hooked. I'm in. Season two to me was even better than season one. And I think for some reason, and now listen, I know that there's the Grogu phase. I know that the child or, or fad, excuse me, people crazed love. And, and I do too. Everybody does. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a monster, but for me, it's the relationship. 
Yes. It's the relationship between the two yes. of them. You know, that's why I've got this. That's why this shirt has Mando on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's that for me was what came out of this show as being, I mean, there's so many things I, I could nerd out about it forever. I love the fact that the stories are simple, that every episode it's like, this is what happens here. And it's not like some, I find some, I, I, we don't have to, to bash other things, but some things I'm like, we don't need 85 plot points. We don't need 25 characters with weird names that are, no, this show literally goes, here's this chapter. This is what it's about. Very little dialogue. Here you go. I think it's just stunning, brilliant, all of the above. Mm-hmm. And the fact that a show that is built like that managed to make me so emotionally invested. Yes. That I had what I would describe as a complete, utter emotional breakdown <laughs> at the end of the rescue, like to the point, like on the floor, not recovering. And then yes. through tears, just looking at my boyfriend going, Show me again. Like, literally, we wa- I am not kidding you. We watched that last sequence mm-hmm. of that last episode, I think, 12 times in a row. I'm not exaggerating. And I, every time, just destroyed to the point that today, in prep for this, I was like, I should revisit it just to get it fresh in my mind. <laughs> destroyed on the couch literally (laughs) like i I mean for me honestly i just feel like as someone who was like i don't know and then i came in and then i kind of got caught up in it and whatever it was that episode and it was the scene with him at the end and he's so great throughout it don't get me wrong but it's the scene with him at the end i can't hear i'm gonna i'm gonna go again oh Ah, but it's the scene with him at the end where i was just like that man is one of the greatest actors of our generation. Fight me if you think otherwise, and I can get into the nuanced reasons I believe it. <laughs> but honestly, like that scene, mm-hmm. as an actor, especially too, I was just like, there's so many places it could have gone wrong. There's so many places where he could have been over the top, not enough. Um, you know, and I'm not saying him specifically. I'm saying uh, an actor when tasked with that scene. I'm not talking specifically about him. Uh, but in those moments, I was just like, I, you could teach a class on this. Like you could teach an acting class. Like I could literally say, I could literally pause every moment and go see what he's doing here. I could tell you exactly what he's doing here and what he's doing inside and what that process is. Uh, it, it's just, it's it's stunning. And so for me, again, um, as a fan, as a fan of his, that episode especially, though, it's, it, again, I, I've, I've walked away from it for a, for a couple of months, and then I come back yeah. in, and it immediately takes me back, totally destroyed, uh, and I really do credit the, it's the performance in that last scene that really, really does it to me. So yeah. that's that that to answer your question, long story short, too late. Uh yeah, I have an emotional connection to that scene. That's I, why I chose this this episode. I agree. Yeah. Like I studied performance theater in college and was like, if this show existed, I straight up would have brought in brought in, you know, English. Yeah. I was also an English kid, so I'm doing both. <laughs> I would have brought like this scene into class and been like, this yes. is acting. <laughs> this is one joke I had 
even it going is. into this show, uh, the, one of the one of the things I one of the photos I picked, one of the screenshots I picked, was specifically about the way he held Grogu in this scene. Yes, like and yes. you notice in this particular scene, if you're like watching the way he holds Grogu, and you go back to like an earlier part of the show, like the way he holds this puppet changes over time with more and more care, and like there is selling that is it takes so much skill. And it's just oh. like, oh, they're family. Like, he's holding, this is his family. Oh, 100%. And, you know, and I do credit also the writing in terms of how they built that relationship mm -hmm. and how it felt so organic and real. Because on paper, if you said a bounty hunter is going to find this this creature and eventually develop an intense bond with it, you'd go, okay. Right. You'd be like, yeah, <laughs> that guy, he he's never good. That's not he's too hard. He's too whatever. Like it mm -hmm. it doesn't on paper seem like it would feel realistic. And I feel like the journey that they take over those two seasons, like the payoff in that last scene in that final episode, it's like they earned it and it was believable and it didn't feel like schlocky or or like. Uh, you know, a very special episode. It felt like it was like, no, I believe it. And there's so many moments throughout where you see that it's that Mando has this quality that mm -hmm. he's probably fought for years or suppressed for years, but he has this feeling quality um, that you wouldn't expect. And so then it's so earned in that last scene, like watching him try and keep it together uh it's just so beautiful i love it so much so good. <laughs> so good yeah so good and i agree about the way he held him too and the and the journey that that takes mm -hmm. throughout um it's just you like those notice, little details yeah you notice how like that that kid comes closer and closer to his body you know like and becomes it becomes more of a protector hold and less of a <laughs> Birds is like his little floating thing, and then he's like, "No, you're gonna be in a satchel next to me." Yeah, I my hip. <laughs> yeah, um, no, like uh, I'll go through my rundown in a second. But like, one of my favorite things about, and we'll talk more in depth about it. But my favorite moment of that end scene is when like he tells Grogu, "Like, don't worry, kid. Like, I'll see you again." And you know <laughs> he means it. Like, it's not like a "Don't worry." It's not like passive in the like, "Oh, relax." It's, like they like, usually oh, do with Star Wars. Like, yeah, he's like, no, I will see you again. And, like, now I have fucking the Fast and the Furious song in my head now. But, like, it's like, you will see him again. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's been a long time without you, my friend. Mm -hmm. And he's going to tell you all about it when he sees you again uh, in season three. Yes. Um, but, like, yes. uh, all right, all right, hold on. Let's yeah. Now that we have this okay. nice title card, uh, it is time for the run down. Put your oh, little purple yes. glasses on. There oh, my go. God, this is great. Um, yeah, oh, it just okay. works so well with our show aesthetic. I was like, "This is this is the gift. This is that's it. it. That's it. <laughs> that's the that is it." Uh, so this episode of The Mandalorian comes with uh, the crew, including uh, Vinick Shand, uh, Boba Fett, the girl who lost her show, and um... <laughs> sorry, I didn't even drop the bag. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah, fumble a Disney bag and into Jaren, uh, all rolling up after one of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian, which is The Believer, where uh, Dinda Jaren tries to face scan with a helmet on. But yep. uh, we're all four of them are like, all right, we have this whole little 
heist situation that we're going to do to try and get to Moff Gideon and get Grogu back. Because it's all about Grogu. They don't... Mm -hmm. Oh, and Bo-Katan's there. We'll get to her. She comes later. But, like, they're trying to get... They're trying to find the information to get to Grogu. So they go to the doctor dude who looks like a Peter Sellers character. Yes. A hundred percent. It just looks like Peter Sellers. Um, and they're like, where's Moff Gideon? And this guy just ponies up the information and is like, uh, yeah, he's on the cruiser. So then they're like, we need more people. And so they go and they're like, we're going to go to where Bo-Katan is and Sasha Banks. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we're going to go get this crew. We're going to, they're like, what's in it for us? And uh, they're basically like, the dark saber. So like, come on, we're going to get Moff Gideon. Even though like Bo-Katan and Sasha Banks fuck up Boba Fett. Like within two seconds, like Boba Fett's oh, like, yeah. so strong. And they fuck him up. They're also slightly racist to him. They're like, you're not a Mandalorian. And it's like. He gets it. Chill out. Like yeah, he, he, he gets it. He knows. <laughs> Both of has never been like I'm a Mandalorian. He's like, it's my dad's armor. Fucking chill, lady. Like I understand you don't man. like clones, but like relax. Um, I'm not. I'm a clone, but not really. Like I'm different. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm just and, built different. I'm built. Yes. Different. <laughs> um, and so then they're all like, all right, we have a cool little heist situation where we're gonna get the slave one to come and pretend it's chasing us. And we're like, oh no, save us. It's chasing us. We gotta get it. We gotta escape. Let us on the cruiser. Um, and so then Boba Fett is not in this episode after that. But they're yeah. like, we get on the cruiser and the Slave 1 is gone. So when the Slave 1 goes though, like there also goes their way out of this ship. Mm-hmm. Because the Slave 1 was like what everyone was riding on. Right. Other than the ship that they like stole. Whatever. So they're like, they get on the cruiser, they're like, okay, we're here, and now we're gonna, like, bust out of this ship and just take on every single, like, trooper, every human that's in our path. And it's, like, the coolest girl squad moment in Star Wars, because it's not, like, I love Avengers, and I love the girl power-ish moment in Infinity War where she's like, she's not alone, because it feels organic. Absolutely fucking hated the girl power moment in Endgame, because I'm like, none of these women need each other, I don't know why this is happening. This felt more like the Infinity War one, where it was like, we're a bunch of badass women, we're gonna take out these dudes, mm-hmm. and then, like, proceed on our way and do our mission, and it just was, like, organic, and it was like, well, this is how it ended up happening, because Boba Fett had to go somewhere else. It ruled, I love Mando and his little crew, and they're all like, we're a bunch of women, and we're trying to get you your son, but also, like, we have other plans, like, you're not our concern, really, yep. we're just here for it. Um... And so then the whole episode is them fighting through the ship to try and get Grogu and get off. And, like, then there's, like, the cool stormtrooper thing with, or the dark troopers with, like, the badass song. Like, what up, Ludwig? Like, that rolled. And then he gets Grogu, but in the moment of getting Grogu, Din Djarin and Moff Gideon face off. There's a battle, and then uh, Din Djarin takes the Darksaber I want to talk about that battle later, so I'm just brushing by it. Uh, then he goes back, and he's like, oh, here's the Darksaber. And then Moff Gideon, he's alive, so I get money from Cardoon, and here's your Darksaber. I win. And they're like, you're stupid. The, I needed to win that in battle, and now you have it. And they're like, LOL, this is why he's the Himbo King of Mandalore. So then they're like, 
oh no, these dark troopers are coming to kill us. We're in trouble. And then one little X-Wing comes flying on in and Cardin's like, what X-Wing? Great. First of all, girl, yeah, you are in the rebel. You're in the part of the rebels. Like, you know, you know what one X-Wing could mean. Mm-hmm. So shut the fuck yes. up. Like, yes. Like, you're aware. And you're from Alderaan. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Any- anyway. So she's like, <laughs> X-Wing. And then <clears throat> in comes the fucking greatest kept secret in modern Hollywood, which mm-hmm. is Mark Hamill back as Luke Skywalker coming in, taking out all these fucking Darksabers in his dramatic ass way and being like, I've come for the child. Um, And then yeah, that's the gist of this episode. I brushed past so much because I want to talk about a lot of it and I didn't want to like explain away what we were going to have a conversation about. But that is the gist. Yeah. I think the absolute best thing about this episode is that I don't think anyone from casual to like hot hardcore Star Wars fans get lost with it. But if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, it is so packed with stuff. Like straight on from that that conversation between Boba and Casca and Bogatan and and Mando. Like we we see Mando, who we've already seen differ in his like beliefs as a Mandalorian from from like Bo and them. And then we also see Bo-Katan who like spent most of her life fighting clones um, when they were around facing, you know, Boba Fett. And then of course, Casca just being a, a badass. So, yeah. 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 And you know, things truly like, sorry, she, she like changed the way I feel about a lot of like wrestlers turned full-time actors. Cause I was like, I grew up in a wrestling family. I know wrestling is acting and I know like, but it's like a lot of times I always feel like, yes, you are a wrestler turned an actor. And like that, I never felt that way watching Sasha Banks in this show. I was like, no, that's like a badass bitch. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm a great actress. I also can take out some dudes. And it ruled. Oh, yes. And I was, I also just wanted to say too, because I think it's interesting because immediately my mind goes to Avengers as well. Specifically Endgame was, 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 what I thought of in mm-hmm. when I was first watching that scene in this episode. And I think the difference too, is that in, in this episode, in this world in Mandalorian, it's not commented on. It's not that it's like, Oh, we're a gang of girls. It's never, that's, mm-hmm. it's just that these are just like you said, it's like, these are just the, the people that are here. It's not, it just felt like I did. I did remark when watching it. I was like, I can't remember a time when in my childhood specifically in, in growing up in my childhood i'm like i don't remember ever seeing something where it was a group of women who were the ones who were being the heroes who were kicking butt and doing all of the above and it was never commented on mm-hmm. i don't remember again growing up i'm like i don't feel like this was ever a thing i mean other than maybe like the original shira which i was a big fan of but they were that's that's still like you know in terms of we're in this world, this Star Wars world, and mm-hmm. then it's just like, and and I remarked that like partway through that battle they were having in this episode, I was like, oh my god, no, there's no comment. Like I forgot for a second that it mm-hmm. was like, oh, this is like a huge moment. This is a moment for women, and it wasn't like that moment, like you're saying in Endgame, no hate, but it felt very much like it's like, oh, okay, now we're, yeah. and now the girls are here, and now they're gonna yeah. go back over there, and we're gonna finish. Do you know what I mean? Like. That's- <laughs> And it was never what I really like about this show is it is almost not no not almost it is truly never questioned like every female character is just like no I'm a badass and like it's 
and especially with a character like Din Djarin, who is so, I mean, I've talked about this before, but it's like the, the way that they've made that character so strong and masculine and uh, I'll say it hot without ever seeing a face. Like mm-hmm. you would think that he'd be the kind of character like on paper that would be like, these women can't do what I do, but he, it's, it's, he's not that way. He's just kind of like, Oh, you and I can fight each other. Great, you're coming on my t- like. It's not questioned. He's just like, I want people who are at the same level as I am. Right, and it ruled because normally yeah. it's like mm, you're a girl, and then the girls to prove themselves. Where that's not the case in the show. Like he, the minute he met Finnick Shand in the first season, he was like, "Lol, you're trying to get Finnick." Like he like <laughs> knew he was just like. Okay. Well, even um, when he's introduced, like he is the subordinate of a woman, you know, yeah. he's he's uh, he's a follower of, of the armorer. So I love the yeah. armor. I just I was like, her. yeah, she's so fucking so cool. cool. But like, yeah, and then this this episode was so great for that because it's like watching it. I was just like, yeah, there's no question that these are a group of women who could take out that shit. Like it was like sometimes mm-hmm. too in movies, especially they'll be like these women did all of this and you're like i don't believe for a goddamn second that 90 yep. percent of that happened or i'm like mm-hmm. no this group of women yeah, oh, yeah. Sure, took them out yeah like that right there i'm oh, like yes mm-hmm. they could take out a whole ass army and i'd be like of course they did yeah yeah of course absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. totally and it's i think it, it really like it, i think it lands all that way because like it, it feels organic because we see them actively doing the planning and participating in it. Like they're the ones who basically form this plan to go get, you know, Mando's kid. So it's, it's really cool to see that discussion happen in the ship on the way over. Yeah. yeah. And it's, what's crazy is like, I like that it is a, the women are not there in like a motherly way either. They're mm-hmm. there in like, both like both of the Mandalorian women are there because they're like we want the fucking dark saber like yep. we're gonna help you because we're getting the dark saber like mm-hmm. I don't care about this kid and yeah. the only reason that Kara and Finnick are there are because they owe him mm-hmm. right like it's n- none of the women are there because they're like I feel like a kindred spirit with this child yeah. like they're like no <laughs> they're like we both owe him and like Finnick's like I owe Boba and Boba now owes him so it's mm-hmm. like I'm just helping in the process yeah. and then like it's great. I was like, I mean, even if it was like, say, like Omera, uh, is it Omera, right? The yeah. woman that he, that he likes from that planet, or that everyone like says he likes, which it was one episode. Yeah. But like, like if she was there essentially and was like, I'm coming because I like the baby, I'd be like, that's fine because four of the five women here are like not here because it's a baby. Yes. It's just like it was refreshing in a way I never knew I needed to see because I yes. think so yeah. often women are tied to like, what can you do to procreate even like subconsciously that I was just like, it ruled. None of them cared about the kid. They were like, I'm helping the dude yep. or I'm trying to get this sword. Yeah. Those are my two goals. Yeah, I totally agree. And again, I think it's really a testament to creating the world that they did mm-hmm. throughout the two seasons that again, then when you see that scene, much like, you know, the, the last scene that I can't stop talking about, it just felt real and authentic to that world and it was like again it was like you're saying it's all believable you believe that those women have those reasons for wanting to be there again it's not just that it's like but but he but his his baby it's like no like (laughs) they had their own stakes they had their own their own stories their own deals which was really again it's a testament to the writing i think too Mm -hmm. because that was kind of like 
never hit over the head. It's not like we were like, these are empowered women and this is why. It was like, no, we just saw a world and got immersed into a world where we saw women acting in these ways and we knew that they were fighters and you know very powerful as well. And that was kind of respected and nobody really questioned it. And yeah, I agree. I think it was, and I agree with the sentiment too, that it was like, I didn't even know I needed or wanted to see this until I saw it. And then I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. It's like, I, first of all, I love Dave Filoni and, but the love of my life as much, Petro, if you're listening, you can call me. We'll go on a date. But the true <laughs> love of my life is like John Favreau. Like I've loved John Favreau since I was a kid. I l- watched Swingers at way too young an age. Of course. Like I was like I love like the way he writes characters <laughs> and his stories. Mm-hmm. And I think like Mandalorian works so well because he cares. Mm-hmm. And I think like not to shit on JJ Abrams. Uh JJ, I love some of your stuff. But like JJ cares in a way that is like I'm a fanboy caring versus Favreau's way of caring is like, no, I care about stories and I care yes. about characters. Mm-hmm. And I am just now applying that to a world that I love. And that's why like, even though I'm like, you didn't re- need to redo it. I liked his Lion King because I was like, he's existing in this world that everyone loves and cherishes so much. And he's doing the same thing with Star Wars where he's like, everyone loves Star Wars. Everyone loves the this world that we've existed in, but I want to tell a different story. And I think it like this show I was not prepared to be this obsessed with this show because mm-hmm. I was kind of not out of Star Wars, but I was just like not feeling my oats <laughs> with yeah. uh, like Rise of Skywalker. So I was kind of like, all right, like I, I liked it fine, but it's not like my favorite Star Wars thing. Like Rogue One was like my shit. Mm-hmm. The sequel trilogy, I was like, okay, it's either incredible or I'm like, what's going on here? But mm-hmm. like, this show was like, no, this is why I like Star Wars. This is the shit I like about Star Wars. I like these, like, the funny moments of The Mandalorian are some of, like, the greatest moments of Star Wars. Like, it's just stupid. Yeah. Like, I loved Grogu sitting with fucking handcuffs on in a jail cell and him being, like, the tiniest (laughs) little thing, just like, yeah, that. Like, it's so fun. That's like my cat when I, like, put him in anything. He's like, no. Like, that's what it reminded me of. And it's just, I loved oh. that. Because I was like, yes, this is the dumb Star Wars I like compared to, like, the heart-wrenching moments of this episode. And I was like, yeah, this is Star Wars. We yeah. like the dumb shit with, like, stuff we're going to cry about. And then a lightsaber. We're like, yeah, this, oh. is, this is Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that battle for Grogu. Yeah. I, one last note, this is what makes me really happy that, like, The Mandalorian is such a, I feel it's, like, one, one of the most perfect entryways to Star Wars for people who don't want to watch A New Hope. Like, if you've got someone in your life who's like, I just don't want to watch Star Wars, The Mandalorian gives you everything Star Wars without having to know much about the show at all. And I think that, like, the way they've been able to balance that with that storytelling to make it so that even I know new fans who are just like, they are fully immersed in like how much they care about these characters now. And I think that's, that's a a feat to accomplish with this show. Yeah. It's like new new fans, old fans, people who like hate the Disney bot, like everyone kind of agrees that like, no, the Mandalorian's great. Oh yeah rules like that's like it made me i think part of like why i was going out of star wars was like i didn't like the fan discourse like i didn't like oh i hated the last jedi oh 
you're stupid if you liked or like i hated mm-hmm. the whole discourse that was like ruining star wars and why i like star wars um and then this show kind of erased it in a lot of ways yeah. and i just was like great thank you i will never shut up now about this fucking show where a man walks around with a green baby like i'm just <laughs> never gonna shut up anymore i know um, when it's so, and I we talked on our other episode, but it's like there's so many little details. Like I'm still obsessed with the fact that the stuntmen walk like Pedro Pascal walks, and mm-hmm. I know it was probably like, oh, we want to make sure it always feels like him, it's him in the suit. But I'm like, you didn't need to go that far, and yet I appreciate it because I know how he walks because I watched Over and Walk for a, mm-hmm. however many fucking episodes. But like, it's uh the details. I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around how much I love this stupid show. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. It's weird, right? The, the frog lady. The frog lady, oh. when, when she has to throw down and run and For she gets husband. on all fours, it makes me cry. Like, I could oh. cry right now about it because I'm just like, it's so magical and perfect. And like, yes, but I never would have thought. Like, I yeah. wouldn't have thought about creating that character. And it makes so much sense that, of course... When she's like, oh, shit, I got to go. I got a boogie. Yeah. That then she would go. But, like, seeing that for the first time, I felt like a child. Like, I was like, this is so magical because you've you've, you've surprised me in something mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of and made it so true to that character, true to this world. And it's just like, ah, like, every little thing like that. I feel like there's so many details that, that again, are not necessarily Star Wars canon. To your mm-hmm. point, it's not like it's like, it's just, it, it's an accessible way in to what, has been created in one of these kind of magical star Wars worlds Mm -hmm. that for me, I think they had a huge opportunity because they weren't tied to like every episode has to involve, we got to hit like these 10, you know, canonical points or whatever. It was like, no, it was like a blank slate. So it allowed for all this cool creation and the cool creatures. And Mm -hmm. I just, I love it. I love it. Frog lady running to her husband is still like forever when she turns and her face is just like, and runs, I was like, oh, that's what love is. Great. I understand yeah. now. It is like that joy of seeing like your frog husband. Like yep. it's, it's like so weird that I was like, yes, I understand love now. These two frogs just ran to each other in the middle of a fucking where there was like a squid in a sweater. And I'm like, this is love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one and- people are like Star Wars fans are weird. I'm like, yeah, yeah. the squid in a sweater was fixing a plane. And then these two frogs ran to each other. And I was like, yeah. One of my most popular tweets is just me saying I want what they have. And it's a picture <laughs> of the frog couple. <laughs> well, that's like one of my, I got so <sighs> many emails one time. Cause I like, when we were, when everyone was obsessed with she shanties. Oh, right. shanties, I put a picture of the squid in the sweater as like my featured picture I got like oh. five emails that was like this is worth it and I was like thank you like I said respect to you for your sea shanty Star Wars joke and I was like thanks um, but yeah there's like oh, I think and it's a problem for me as a human I don't know that I'll ever get over it but it truly I think about Din Djarin fighting Moff Gideon and kicking the Beskar spear backwards and spinning it so he can knock into the Darksaber mm-hmm. at least once a week. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. It was very I hot. Think. I'm sure it was a stunt double. I don't... Petro Pascal, he's just an actor and his back hurts. A quote, <laughs> a quote he said himself. But like, 
<laughs> well, I mean, in the in the scenes pretend. that it may have been, yeah, in the scenes that it may have been him, it's it's them utilizing stuff that we kind of already knew him for, which I thought was cool and was something that resonated with not just the way he fought in this ep episode, but in the way that Katie Sackoff fought as Bo Katan. Mm -hmm. If you're like a longtime fan of her work, um, the way she moved. Uh, was very similar to to the thing she used to do in what like Battlestar, um, and yeah, well, that's like the new trend that I really like because it's like Birds of Prey. They did it based on like your body weight versus mm -hmm. or like what what you as a human being would do in that situation versus like I love this move, so I'm not shitting on this move. And Oscar Isaac is clearly going to do it in Moonlight or in Moon Knight because it was in that video. This but my like is, one of the my like pet peeves but i'm also like it's a hot move i get why you use it is when girls basically throw their crotches on guys faces in fighting and like by wrapping their legs around their heads and stuff mm -hmm. i'm like yes in theory i get it but also i'm like i'm five foot two there's no fucking way a five <laughs> foot two girl is going to get herself up onto a dude's and like so it's like an incline I was like, Scarlett Johansson is not that much bigger than me. That's why I'm always like, LOL. Like, she's, there's no fucking way she got up there. And so I love fighting like that because you're like, no. Or like, the how the Mandalorian does it versus, and also like Birds of Prey and stuff is like, and John Wick did it too, where they take the actor and their mm -hmm. body and they're like, okay, here's how you would fight. And I like that Mando is very much like, I'm a bigger, like I'm a taller dude. Mm -hmm. I can fight using these things and I don't need to be as like, punchy aggressive like he's like no like i got a swagger and i'm gonna fucking take some bitches out with my guns and shit and it'll yeah. be great at it and it works because it's like that is it's a lot of the uh the kingsman is that way a lot mm -hmm. in like how pedro pascal fights and oberon was the same it's like it's yeah. you're, like you were saying it's his fighting style and i, yeah. I enjoyed and, it a lot and you can see that in costco where like all of her fighting is very close range it's how sasha fights with her hands mm -hmm. and then yeah. even with like Ming-Na Wen, I followed her on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the longest time. And, like, there were, like, more than one move, uh, move sets that, like, they reminded me directly of Agent May. Like, yeah, of course, that's a May move. So yeah. I loved I loved seeing that. It was kind of like, it was like seeing an all-star lineup of, like, physical fighting prowess. So it was really cool. Pittsburgh legend Ming-Na Wen. She, like, posted, <laughs> she posted, of Disney. She posted on Instagram. Um, so... I don't know if either of you have ever been to the Pittsburgh airport. Uh, I was born in Pittsburgh, lived there till I was 10. So it's like, I'm a Pittsburgh girl right. to the extent of 10 years. Um, <laughs> and when you are from Pittsburgh, you know our legends. But the airport, for whatever goddamn reason, has weird statues to Pittsburgh legends. Like, we have a random-ass Franco Harris like statue when you're going down to baggage claim and a, a George Washington, even though George Washington has never stepped foot in Pittsburgh <laughs> um, and a T-Rex. So, so they're like, go to the museum. Here's a T-Rex. It's like the weirdest fucking airport, but a lot of fucking Mr. Rogers. Um, I feel like there's a picture of Michael Keaton somewhere. There should be in Pittsburgh. There's like odes to Jeff Goldblum. Like we are like, if you're from Pittsburgh and you're famous, we love you. Mm -hmm. Um, we need to get Zachary Quinto's picture up there somewhere, but and Jillian Jacobs for that matter. But like, so yeah. Ming Na Wen posted on Instagram. She's like, "Oh my God, look, my mom sent me this. It's me in the airport." And it was a picture of her on the bottom of like a Billy Porter thing. And I was like, "That's how you fucking know you made it in Pittsburgh when you show up in the airport. You're like, I have made it." 
And like her picture was there. I was like, this is the greatest day of my life. Mingna Wen's picture is in the Pittsburgh airport. My theory continues. I love it. I love uh, it. More statues, I say. More statues. Oh, yeah. Truly, just go to Pittsburgh and you'll see. It's like the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. But um, <laughs> I do want to talk about, so this episode specifically, um, this is going to be a long Padre Pascal episode, whatever. But this episode of The Mandalorian specifically made me feel like a child in a way I was not expecting because like my, I was, I like had gone home for Christmas at the time and my, my roommate texts me, goes, your mom's awake, right? And I was like, why? Cause I hadn't watched it yet. She's like, I just, are you watching it somewhere where you can be loud? <laughs> and I was like, I guess. Like, I was like, everyone's up in the house. Like, and the only, my mom might be like, stop screaming. It's a TV show. But mm-hmm. like, I'll be fine. And then it got to the X-Wing part. And I went, no. No. <laughs> and just like no. went from, well, because yeah. I was already losing my goddamn mind because I thought, I think the I yield part where Din Djarin brings the dark saber in and it's just like, okay, I yield. Yeah. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen. It's so <laughs> It's like the second dumbest thing he's done in two episodes. Like one being like, I'm gonna try and scan my face with a helmet on. And then like this, where he's like, uh, okay, I yield, take it. And they're like, that's not how it works. And he's like, I don't fucking want it though. Like here. Um, so I was already losing my mind. And mm-hmm. then the X-Wing rolled up and yeah. I literally just, it felt like Christmas morning came early. Like oh. I was like, no, there's no fucking way. And like, so I want to know well, from both of you, of course. Mm-hmm. I want to know, like, what was the reaction to, like, realizing that Luke Skywalker was rolling up to get Grogu? I was in complete denial. <laughs> I saw the X-Wing and I went, no. <laughs> I saw the lightsaber and I went, it's someone else. I'm like, there's no proof. Mm-hmm. There's no proof. And then you see the glove. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Again, I could go right now. Just know at any moment I will start crying during this episode of this podcast. Oh, it's going to be now. It's going to be now. And then I was just like, oh, my God. And I started. Is this what you got? I hope this is what you want on the show. Yes, that's exactly what I want. And then I think I screamed. I was just like, it's Luke. Like, literally, like, it was just like, it's him. It's the glove. Like, that was the moment that for me as my child brain, again, just not wanting to be disappointed, I think. I was like, I don't, I can't, I can't even entertain it. I can't entertain it. And then again, when I saw that gloved hand, I was like, oh, that's, it is. And then the waterworks started. And then and then it was just a, it was basically like a cascade of tears for me uh, till the end, till the very end, uh, mm-hmm. just peaks and valleys of sobs. But that, that, I mean, it's just so magical. There's like, again, and the best kept secret, like you're saying, of all time, uh, I I think like the the fact that they managed in this current crazy world that we're in to keep that a secret is so cool because it really would not have been as fun if we knew yeah. that, that was coming. It just wouldn't have been like yeah. to your point. It really did feel like Christmas. It felt like if you are anyone who has had any kind of interest, you know, middling to extreme interest in Star Wars in your mm-hmm. life, it was probably one of the greatest moments as a Star Wars fan I think ever. Because it was, again, like, I didn't even want to believe that it was happening. I was like, they can't. They won't. 
they are like it's like <laughs> it felt like yeah there's so again here you go there's so few surprises we have in life anymore mm. truly like yeah. any, I, even being on being on the show i was on Every week I'd be like, are you really putting this out ahead of time in these press releases? Are you really giving these photos? And it's like, okay, well, I guess the reveal of whatever it was, like, not that I'm comparing our show to Star Wars at all, but in just in the terms of, I feel like so often there's so much information that goes out ahead of time that there's truly no real surprises. And this definitely was one for me. And and that, like, I, I mean, I've cried about it. So I feel like that says how I felt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I the best. I, I like uh, that that morning. I felt so lucky. <laughs> I felt terrible for my roommate because she had a 5 a.m. call time for her her shoot for the show she works on. But I was like, but when when that happened, I was I just immediately thought, thank God she's not here because I'm going to be screaming at seven in the morning. Like it just I saw the X-Wing go by and my heart skipped and I was like, OK, maybe it's like. Maybe it's the, you know, the captain from a couple episodes ago and like his friend is going to come come behind. But like the music changed and Grogu was quietly reacting to things. And I was like, OK, it's a Jedi. And there's only one Jedi I knew that had that thing. And it was it was definitely it was the gloves and then the click clack of his Chanel boots. That just, <laughs> that, I saw those boots and I was like, that's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Well, that's like, so yes. I am surprised that I had not thought that it was going to be Luke because I, listen, men have yelled at me on the internet. I'm not wrong and you will never convince me that I'm wrong, men. But my favorite thing to point out is that Luke Skywalker and the Skywalkers are drama kings. Both of them. Anakin Skywalker, well, all three of them. Anakin Skywalker is a drama king. Luke is a drama king. Kylo Ren, like they're all like, they want the drama of whatever's going on in their lives. Like, the only Skywalker who's not really that dramatic is fucking Leia. And she's just like, it's because everyone knows my family's a fucking drama gang. So, like, <laughs> like I, and, like, literally Luke Skywalker got kind of hit in A New Hope and rolled in the sand for, like, 20 minutes and then laid there. I'm like, and he cried about talking. Like, he's such a drama queen. Oh. And I absolutely, like, am shocked that I did not think of, like, of all of the people who would, like, Ahsoka straight up was like, nobody should train him mm. i've seen what attachment can do to a jedi like go to this thing but i don't know a single fucking jedi that's gonna want to train him mm-hmm. in rolls luke skywalker's like i can do it and like <laughs> i am shocked that my brain didn't think of it sooner like i was so hung up on i wanted it to be mara jade even though i'm like i want to play mara jade like don't cast the bitch cast me <laughs> but like i was like if, I, if it was a purple lightsaber i would have just like shit myself and then cried because I didn't get the role I wanted but like the, the seeing him I was like yeah it's the only logical step that Luke Skywalker would be like yeah this checks out I'm going to raise this I'm going to teach you to be a Jedi even though you're like 20 decades older than me or like what has <laughs> old as the Clone Yoda. Wars yeah baby Yoda is like the Anastasia of the Clone Wars you watched my dad <laughs> You watched my dad murder a bunch of kids, but like, <laughs> I'm going to train you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was that. And I was like, I'm not even like that big of a Luke fan. Like my favorites were always Chewie and Han, but like, it was just seeing him. I was like, oh, Star Wars, like Luke Skywalker. Like it's that amazing. made me feel like the kid of like, how's Luke Skywalker? Man, like, I was so excited. I like got up and ran up and down like the hallways of my house. Like I was screaming Luke Skywalker like so many times. And then I stopped 
because I recall the tweet that I made last season, and I think you might remember this, Rachel, where I was like, no, no, Mando, do not take Grogu to Luke Skywalker. And I posted that picture from The Last Jedi where the Academy was burning. And like, <laughs> that was, it just like came all back to me at once. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I feel like we're good enough. It's like early he's enough. Back. He, he's going to be fine. He's coming but back. Like, like marketing will not yeah. let that child stay at the Academy. So no. <laughs> there's like, going to be a scene where it's like, from, uh, like far away and he's like escaping. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like he's. <laughs> Running in the dirt, it's like again. Yeah, no, there's no way. Like, Kylo's lightsaber goes up, and you just see Grogu like. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just like. I've been here Bye. before. I'm out. Like <laughs> with these fucking Skywalkers. Like I'm out. Hi. Yeah. No way. No well, way. Like, true to my theory that Dintajarn is a himbo. He then Luke Skywalker rolls up in Tintajar and goes, "Are you a Jedi?" Mm. <laughs> Fucking lightsaber. I know. It's like this show. Like it's just so funny because he's so good at what he does, and then he just asks the dumbest questions. Like when he's when they're on the rock calling the Jedi, and he's like, "Is there an on switch?" And you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? It's a rock." He's just the best POV character because oh. he asks like every dumb question that like your friend who doesn't know Star Wars would. It's like, my mom asking me about this show. He's like, yeah, there's, this, there's this great say. I don't know who said it, but someone was like, um, uh, "Oh wait, it just lost me." Oh wait, uh, Din Djarin is the best Star Wars character because he doesn't know he's in Star Wars. Yes, yes. What well, and then I saw. I think it was some. I think it was my friend Pretty shared it but it was like from tumblr where it was like everyone in star wars is going on way cooler side missions and didn't join every time is like that's cool i'm trying to get my kid to school can you like tell me <laughs> like it's like and you're like why aren't we going with them did you they're going to find fucking ezra and he's like that's great my kid gotta go to school can you like point me where are we going and you're just like why are we what the fuck and but then you're like all right i'm going on this journey i guess we're gonna go take him to school get on the bus guy like you're like invested even though everything oh. else seems 10 times cool like I want to go back to that planet where he met Ahsoka and mm. like with, where they were basically like under like fucking occupation and like, we just rolled in. He murdered some people and then it's like, all right, bye. I'm going to go take my kid to a rock. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh, we're going to fight about Thrawn. Oh, this lady is a nice <laughs> sister, by the way. Like, you know, like, but no, we're going to just set this aside for now. <laughs> You're like, oh, what the fuck is going on? Why are we? Going? All right. Whatever. Star Wars. Let's roll. Yeah. Um, It's just so. God, but that like to your point from or earlier lauren like that final scene mm-hmm. where like ugh, and he holds his little face like ugh, the mask thing like okay dindajarn's journey with his helmet while i i'm obsessed with this the father-son dynamic yes obviously but the mm-hmm. the journey that he is taking with himself to figure out what the creed means to him and the importance of the creed and his willingness to show his vulnerability to Grogu in a room full of other people. Or like when he takes mm-hmm. his helmet off to scan to try and get the information that they need with uh, uh, Mayfeld. I was like, Bill Burr. Yep. Um, <laughs> when he like willingly takes off his mask, then it's like he's doing it because he's like, I will do anything for my family, which is part mm-hmm. of his creed. And it's like, my family is Grogu. And he's like, I don't want Grogu to leave and not know who I am. And it's like, mm-hmm. that realization is almost 
more worthwhile than realizing like he cares for this kid because like you can tell mm-hmm. when he fucks up the entire town in like when he's in Navarro and just like fucks everybody up to save him. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, he clearly cares. But it was like that was like, no, you can't that is your son. And you don't care how people look at you because you care so much about him as your kid. And it's yeah. like, he took that helmet off in the little green camera like this. And I can't this, the little hand on face, oh. man, that's me touching fucking Dinda Jarn's face. Also, I'm like, I love you. Hello. <laughs> Like, it's so good. And I was just like, this is the perfect character for this show. Like, if you would have made him, like, uh, fucking Boba Fett, I would have been like, this show's boring. Like, Boba Fett's too good about this shit. Mm-hmm. But then, like, then they introduced Boba Fett. I'm like, no, now Boba Fett's cool? Like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, Boba Fett was never cool before. And now, all of a sudden, Boba Fett's fucking cool. I'm going to say like, one thing I love about Boba Fett when it, when it comes to this series. I... Okay, and this particular episode. So in Clone Wars, he's like a little brat, right? Like he's like 15, 16 years old, just becoming a bounty hunter. And like every once in a while, a bounty hunter really puts him in his place. So it's so funny to see him on the other side of that now with Casca and how he reacts to that. Because at his core, and I mean, like this is me being a huge Boba Fett nerd, but not the type of Boba Fett nerd that's usually around. He like when he's a child, he tries so hard to be tough, you know, because his dad is dead and he's like dealing with trauma that way. And he meets all of these super tough bounty hunters who like slowly teach him how to love and have a family while still being extremely dangerous and deadly. And like, I just love what I loved about this episode with Boba was seeing those, that echo of it, like the rescue or or the, um, the, uh, not the rescue, the one, the one after it, the one right before this episode, his, immediate voluntary yeah to like be ready and like pay that favor back immediately and also him basically like waiting it out until Cobb Vance saved his town to go get his armor because he was already there and he was like oh no not the schoolhouse and you know like like that's what Uh, I was thinking Boba Fett was up to is like I'll let him keep it until like the kids are safe (laughs) and I'll just go pick it up (laughs) it's just like it's great. Like, this show made me care about characters that I know. Like, I remember my brother, like I said, he's 40. So, like, he would always be like, Boba Fett's so much. I'm like, no, Boba Fett fucking sucks. What do you mean Boba Fett's cool? Like, what I've seen of Boba Fett sucks. What are you talking about? And then, like, I am woman enough to admit. I was like, oh, I was incorrect. <laughs> Boba Fett rules. And mainly because it's Tamora Morrison. But, like, because, like, I loved, like, I was, like, interesting when Django Fett showed up. Because I was like, what's up, Tamora? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, I can't wait for Book of Boba Fett. And I was like, you couldn't have, you, if you told me that when I was like 10, that I'd be like real interested in a show about Boba Fett, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And yet here I am. Yep. Um, <laughs> so excited. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, great. And so like to end our segment on the Mandalorian, Lauren, talk about the scene that makes you cry and why it makes you cry. Okay, here's Jill, what it is. Share your emotion and pain with the audience. Yep. I, if I get through this with, with crying only twice in this episode of your show, I, I will feel like I have really succeeded. So it's so many things. One of the things you've already touched on, of course, is that he does not hesitate to take the helmet off. Because I think that other director, writer, actors, any of those people involved, mm-hmm. having been in that position... I could see someone else directing him or a different actor going, but he should hesitate. Mm -hmm. Like I could see that conversation happening and no, 
it it is perfect that he doesn't hesitate. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, you want to see me? Yep. No problem. This is what's happening. Um, which, of course, is so much more powerful because we've seen that journey that he's had, like you were saying, and also so much more powerful that he doesn't hesitate, that it's just like no question. Absolutely. And the moment for me, here we go. The moment for me where Grogu puts his little hand on his face and, and Pedro Pascal makes the choice to close his eyes. No, no that was that's just oh. painful. It's like the little hand was like, granted, I know that in theory the puppet did that, so he like had it, but even if he didn't have like the puppet, just the choice of being like, I'm feeling someone touch my face for the first time in <laughs> however many years. <laughs> yep. Uh, other and, than the Taika Waititi droid, <laughs> like other uh, than him, like. I've got full goosebumps, by the way, full goosebumps, my entire body. Oh, but it's also because it's again, and, and this is why I credit him and why I wanted to talk about this episode on this show is because that choice by another actor, by whatever, could come off as creepy, could mm -hmm. come off as too much, could come off as like he just nails like that. It's like, yes. Absolutely. Like you feel everything in that moment. Mm -hmm. I got exactly what he was, what he was feeling, what he was trying to telegraph to the viewers or not, not even trying to telegraph to the viewers, what he was trying to convey in the scene. Um, in that moment to me, it was just delicious. Like as, as an actor, especially like I was just like, Oh my God, may I one day be able to, to invoke emotion by just closing my eyes. I mean, it's amazing. Um, but that's really kind of where it starts for me. And that's when the tears usually start to flow. Um, but again, and it's watching him, it's watching him be emotional. It's watching him know that he should be trying not to be emotional Mm -hmm. but then also kind of ignoring that it's watching him and feeling like I feel that, and I could be completely wrong, but what I, what I felt was like in that moment that if we're talking about that character as a real person, it's like he and Grogu were the only people in the room that okay, it was, was like the, the lights dimmed. Do you know what I mean? And like everyone yeah. else froze or whatever, like, that in his mind, it was like they were having this moment and it was just the two of them. And that's why he was allowing himself to feel what he's feeling. And those those beats and the, the moment where it's like, he needs your permission. Oh, that that just oh. is like a knife into my ribs oh. every time. And I I can't, uh, I know I'm all over the place. But anyway, long story short, too late. Um, yeah, it's, it's that whole sequence again where he doesn't have to say anything. And this is, for me, the first time since watching Ryan Gosling in Drive, which is another performance to me for Ugh. the ages, where I'm like, you could teach a class and based on that. He doesn't really talk either. Where he doesn't really talk, <laughs> but really but talk. it's it's really tough. And I think again, other performers would feel uncomfortable, would be like, oh, I need to push harder or I need to do more. And it's the confidence as an actor. It's the it's the embodiment that he made with that character in that scene. Which again, mm -hmm. it's I feel like this is the first time I've felt that way since seeing Ryan Gosling in that movie, where it was like he just was in it. It, it was completely the right tone. I felt like I like it was gutting. It's gutting to watch. Yeah, the, the, watch that moment where he like knows logically that this is what has to happen, but he he wants to blubber. It, it, but like that's as close to 
what that even may be for him. You know, mm-hmm. like he's probably feeling things in that moment that like to your point, like, is is this the first time that he's really felt someone touch his face? Is this the first time that he's he's even feeling what these feelings are? And I just feel like, you know, as that scene progresses and as they walk out and it comes back to him and and he's just it's like just the perfect level of heartbreak. And and but in a way that never felt pushed, forced, mm-hmm. over the top. Um, again, like cheesy, it just really felt, I was just like, yep, I totally buy everything. I feel it to the core of my soul. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's such, it's just, it, a, it's such a good, it's such a good scene. It yeah, really to your is. Point, it makes it that much more heartbreaking because you believe that that is a real being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where a lot, like for a lot of actors, you're talking to a green thing with pointy ears. Mm-hmm that is supposed to be 50 years old. So like, you'd be like, Oh, this is so sweet. This baby's touching me. Like it can yeah. come off very insincere and it never does. Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. I've had, I've had directors in the past. I had this one really great director who just constantly told me like, hold more space. Like, yes, let this ruminate, like let it sit. Like you have to own this scene and this emotion. So don't rush it. Like you have to sink into it. So I think that's like a perfect example of what he's doing with those those moments, because like in in my heart, they last 12 hours the way he looks at the child. Like it's totally it it lasts so long in that. But it's like five powerful seconds that he holds, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the moments where he has the mask off, obviously, are few few in Mm -hmm. in the whole series. So so you're automatically you know, you're, you're on edge as a viewer. I feel like, cause you're like, Oh, Oh, the mask is off. Like it's like, yeah. Oh, oh, oh what's yeah. going to happen. So again, I just feel like there, it would be very easy for there to be a tendency into something that again, just, just would feel uneven or feel insincere or whatever. And to me, it's just such a testament to him as an actor and that he, yeah, he just, he was just in the moment. It felt completely real effortless effortless is the word that comes to mind like it was just an effortless performance where i was like i do i believe that you are that character i believe i believe everything about this moment um and then upon reviewings that's when i start to put my actor filter on where i'm just like oh my god i see what he's doing here and oh oh my god this is amazing you know it's uh, the best Uh, i I just love it i love it uh it's great um (laughs) <laughs> I'm hoping you have watched this episode of The Mandalorian. If not, I'm so sorry. We just ruined the emotional arc of the first oh. six seasons. Yeah. Why are you here? Um, if yeah, you, why, are you here? Like, why are you here? But that leads into uh, one of my favorite portions of the show. <gasps> yes! Is... Here it comes. Well, there it is. No? Stash, 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 stash. That's 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 the stash. The stash on everybody's lips is gonna be Pedro's. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Can you tell I was a theater kid? I um, <laughs> am very into this. Just know that. <laughs> so uh I will I'll do you wanna go first, Lauren? Or should I No, you jump go first. In? Okay, so mine is from press. For the second season of The Mandalorian. I want to talk about press for the first season of The Mandalorian. I was supposed to go to a press conference, but it was in LA. So my friend had to go for me. It's a whole thing. I could have seen him and John Favreau together, but I couldn't go. So I don't want to talk about it. Um, but so it's on the next red carpet. I'll go, I'll go at the red carpet and be like, hello. Um, so 
It's from Press for Season 2 of The Mandalorian. It is Petro Pascal playing with toys, <laughs> which I think mm, it rolls. Um, so here he is holding a little Grogu doll that he didn't realize talks. Um, and he was like, he was waiting for it to go off. And in the video, I don't have the video, but it rolls. In the video, he like hits the little Grogu's head and he's like waiting for it. And then his face gets like, um, he's like, oh no, don't click on it again. Um, his face is like, <gasps> He just needed a little time to go. Or he like says something like he's so excited when it finally speaks. Like he's like, oh my god, he just needed a little time to get ready to talk. It's so cute. <laughs> and I love it. Here's a little gif where he's he's in love with his son and says, basically, it's me and you. Oh um, you can call me and say that whenever you would like, sir. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, those are my choices because it is such a, ugh, it's such a good video. And he's like, I'm playing with toys, and I think it is so funny. I don't know why. Um, I love it. But speaking of toys, I said that because Lauren, your pick, there's also a video of him playing with toys in this outfit that you, yeah. you picked. Yeah, this is uh, this is from the 20. I pulled it up on my phone here also. There he okay. is. The 2019 <laughs> D, uh, D23 uh, oh. Expo. And, and here's here's why this is a moment for me. And there's also a, a close up on him there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, I got there we go. There yeah, is. yeah. Yes. Oh, here's what I it is. I love that shirt. The mustache. Like grandma couch. Oh, it's it, it's 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 the here's what it is. None of this makes sense. Okay, <laughs> the hair, the mustache, the necklace, the shirt, the pants, the shirt tucked into those pants, the shoes. None of it makes sense at all. And it just works. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, none of this, again, for me personally, none of this. I'm like, oh, no. But but with him and and it just, it's so wrong that it's so right. And it's yeah. the fact also that the mustache is a little unkempt here. It, it's kind of a little all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know? And yeah. again. Little patches on the side of his face yep. that he can't grow hair in. Like the little bald patches. <laughs> And this to me is why it's my favorite stash is because it is the perfect stash to go with this batshit outfit, which again, on paper, I'd go, oh no. But then there I go, yes, please. You know what I mean? You yeah. had like five well, different little grandmas make five different shirt, choices. I was just gonna say the shirt looked like a grandma's couch. Like yes. if I walked into my grandma's house and that couch, I'd be like, this checks out. But yep. like, and the shoes, like to your point are like red. Yes, <laughs> and the pants are like a burnt orange, which yep. match the top, and then the shoes match the top as well. But they don't match the pants, but it all kind of goes together. No and belt, like necklace. No belt. Like, why none. is this necklace on? But also, no idea. I like it. Like, yep. it's like none of it. And it, to Katrina's point from earlier, his hair is not brushed. He did not brush his hair. I love his like. <laughs> I love his like fifth grade school picture day smile in the, oh, in that photo. It's just perfect. You know the one where you're like. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you're like, why am I here? Like you oh. haven't mastered the art of like fake smiling. Like, <laughs> I also think he may I be sockless. I might be wrong. I've zoomed in on his ankle. Uh, he may be sockless in this look. I can't tell. But oh, I, might oh I see. Yeah, those I see boys. Those spot. boys love no socks. Like Chris Pine's favorite thing is to be like, I don't wear socks. And I'm like, why are you admitting this? Oh, you didn't hear out loud. Because we know when that shoe comes off, it's gonna be swampy. You know, well, there's he, no I two mean, ways he, about it. Pedro Pascal openly like talks about the fact that he wears toms, and he's like, everyone knows that my feet probably smell. I'm wearing toms, and I'm like, I love that you understand that we know. We're like, you're wearing toms, sir. Yeah, well, acceptance king. 
But yes, uh, for for all of those reasons, this is why I chose this because it's it, it makes no sense to me on any level, and yet it is absolutely note perfect. I would not change uh, anything about anything that's happening here. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yep. Yeah. My pick uh, is just a callback to everything we just discussed. I like to call it the selling it stash. <laughs> just everything yes. about this shot. It's like it's like barely kept kept like too. Like I just love the the evolution of his facial hair that we like get little spots of in this uh in this show. But it's it's he's just like he's such a mess. He's, he has the exact same hair he had in this photo too. <laughs> <laughs> Identical. This one is like mine is like my hair's a little bit longer than like, quarantine for a year. Like yep. this is like uh this is before pre-quarantine <laughs> Someone cut exactly. this like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone sat him in a chair and yep. styled it and yep. used that D23 photo as reference. Oh. And again, don't change a thing. No. Don't change a thing. No, it's like, he, oh. he doesn't make any sense. Because like, in, in the wild, like, if I saw, I'd be like, well, it's like, one of his, my favorite things is like, all his fans make fun of the fact that he has like five shirts and one of the shirts is like i went to school in the mountains of north carolina and it was called happy appy because it was appalachian state and they're all stoners but they all have on like those boho like stoner jackets which are like the sweatshirts that like are pullovers and have like the weird like you know what i'm talking about yep he has one of those and every time I see it, his fans are like, oh, man, he looks so cozy. And I am just dying. So I'm like, that's every dude I went to college with. Yep. But it works for him. Like, in college, I was like, you guys are stupid. Him, I'm like, I can be spoken to. <laughs> I can be convinced. Yep. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm, I'm, yes. You have my interest. Yeah. It's peaked. Mm-hmm. Peaked oh. with you. But, like, uh, yeah, it's just, it didn't make any fucking sense. I, I've, I've given up. You can't. Like, my, I don't know if you can see this, but like I custom made my phone background, and he's in this sweater that looks like a fucking Muppet, and somehow, <laughs> it's hot. yeah, and yeah, like, you look like a Muppet. I don't, yeah. yeah, I, I know, and every time it's like again, I, you could put any other head on it, and I'd be like, no, and then it's like, yeah, it just <laughs> works. You're making works. it work. Too. That's like I think the Kingsman one was like the Kingsman. Uh, red carpet he's in like this fucking pinstripe blue suit with a turtleneck and i'm like oh yes, yes. and i'm like yes but anyone else i'd be like no yeah yes and I'm exactly like, he just again, gets away with it my interest is peaked but <laughs> again you have my ear yeah. you have my ear <laughs> yes yeah um but yeah it doesn't make any sense that is like i've never realized that those shoes do not match that outfit whatsoever and yet i'm like hot yeah because it's like he wears it with confidence i'm like sir none of this matches but i'm here for it that chain why do you have a chain on why do you have a chain on why do you have that shirt tucked in no belt there's a there's a million questions that just has an aversion to top buttons i realized this watching narcos like half the time he doesn't have top buttons i'm like do you just like forget them like are you just like that's enough and just walk out the door like what happened? <laughs> I like to pic- picture him with like that closet from Clueless, but he just like 
<laughs> That's enough. He, like, he gets up and hits random. Yeah, every like, got it. Well, and it's like, it's just so funny because it's like, it literally is always like, there's like three buttons on the bottom done, and then five or however many are left just open. And I'm like, who taught you how to button a shirt? I just want to know. I have some questions for them. I don't, I'm not angry that you no. have an aversion to buttons. I just want to know. It's more of an interest thing. I mean, um, see, this is why I never feel bad when I tell people our show is chaotic because look at the subject matter. Like he, exactly. he well, does we, this for us. Katrina, you know what this means as we're wrapping up? What? You know what we went on for Lauren? Oh my gosh, we went on a tangent. A tangent, <laughs> <laughs> a tangent about his uh, personal style. I don't know I if you it. saw that, but he is just squashing bananas in that gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All Which our, just makes our, sense. Our image caddy. Hold on. As we're getting ready to leave, I will put my favorite image up. Where is it? Please. I saved it for a reason. There oh, it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep, the Teletubby son, of course. Oh. Um, but yes. What joy. Uh, what joy. Here you go. Just one more. Um oh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that though. Remember, I remember. I remember. Oh like, so I remember that. I remember that. And then from then on, whenever he wore that jacket, like here he's wearing just it in the like, library. It's like, is that where he's pantsless? Or no, no, no. no. It's just his pantsless jacket. That's yep. all. Do yep. you have pants on them? Well, no. And it's like that one. I remember. I wanted it as my phone background, but I didn't want any of the details that he wrote. So mm-hmm. I, I badly went on Instagram. <laughs> tried to color match the background so that I could see (laughs) but it was my full background through all of Christmas and like my little cousins were like fuck your phone background and I was like don't worry about it you're 12 (laughs) you don't need to perceive my phone no no they were like Rachel what the hell it's fine don't worry about it um yeah guys that is uh the, our our second episode of the Mandalorian, but the finale. We're jumping all around. We mm-hmm. love we love a party. You know who also loves a party? Pedro that Pascal, guy. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on, Pedro Pascal. You're Listen. always welcome. <laughs> thank you so much. I I again. I don't know if you thought I was just saying that I was excited, uh, but it's obviously I think I've proven over the last. 90-ish minutes that I was very genuine and it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being on. Do people like want to come on and talk? And then you were like, I am so excited. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) And it was. And it rolled. Yes. Um, Thank you. It was so much fun. Um, Tell the people where they can find you and your podcast. Yes. Um, You can go to truecrimeandcocktails.com and it has everything you need to know. You can find all the different places you can listen to us. You can also follow us on Instagram at truecrimeandcocktails. Follow me on Instagram at Lauren Elizabeth Ash or on Twitter at Lauren underscore Ash. There's no synergy. There's so many Lauren Ashes, everybody. But uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing y'all on the social medias. Thank you. Of course. Katrina, where the people find you? You can find me anywhere in the internet uh, if you look for Oh Katrina, which is with a C right here. There. Ooh. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I am also, <laughs> I am on the tabletop Star Wars D6 show every Friday called Whiskey and Waffles from the Cantina. Come check us out on Twitch and check out my other podcast, Itu Banta Tambien, where we discuss Star Wars from a Latinx perspective. Where can we find you, Rachel? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rachel Leishman, on Instagram at Rachel underscore Leishman because the world hates me. And I can't have synergy, even though my last name is literally Leishman. <laughs> Who else has it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, some, uh, some other girl named Rachel Elizabeth Leishman exists in this world. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, you can follow me on those. You can uh, find my work at the Mary Sue, where I often write about Pedro Pascal and or Spider-Man. I say and or because I lead the charge and Pedro Pascal play Craven the Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's my whole deal. Um and yeah, you can like, rate, review, subscribe. We are now on all of the the sound the podcasts. We figured nice. we got a producer and she fixed our tech issue that we've had for seven episodes. Ashley rules. Um yeah. thank you, Ashley. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. She was also on the podcast, but she rules. Uh yeah, so uh, do all that stuff. Let us know what you want us to watch. We have some cool guests coming up. I'm sure Lauren, like I said, I'm not kidding. If you want to come back, you just yep. let us know. Yep. Mm-hmm. I will. We'll make the space. You're I like, will. I will. No. We'll just go on tangents for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Hope you didn't cry even though I almost did. Katrina got your head and Lauren did. Um, yeah. And yeah. Until next time. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.